Let's get to some Bible preaching. Hebrews chapter 11 tonight. Hebrews chapter 11. Young people, you listen to me very carefully. There's nothing like God. There's nothing like God. And I want you to know I've come tonight and I may be preaching a particular title. And my title is this for the note takers, Eyeing Egypt tonight. Eyeing Egypt tonight. We're going to talk about Moses some. And then I'll, I'll kind of change directions just a little bit. Uh, but this is a message. Honestly, Brother Kurt, when I'm preaching messages, a lot of times I've preached them in a lot of places. And today God gave me this literally on the plane. So what I'm telling you is I'm not real comfortable with this outline, just to be honest with you. But this has been on my heart some time, and uh, me and, and our, our teenagers, our youth choir, Friday night, uh, we were up in Atkins, Virginia. We traveled up, well, actually it's down from here, but Atkins, Virginia had a great meeting uh, with a great preacher by the name of Joe Arthur, a good friend of ours, and uh, he preached on Moses in Egypt, and I had this thought, Pastor, about Egypt, and God just really, during that preaching, Brother Joe, and what he pulled out of these verses really spoke to my heart and just tied together this message. So tonight you're getting something new and I just want you to know I'm not super comfortable with this outline but it's not about me it is about what God has for you tonight let me say that again you listen to me very carefully it is about you tonight and God speaking to your heart young person you listen to me God God created this universe God has has this massive task of when the clouds roll through and, and when storms come and and when when all that's going on the seven continents all the feeding of the fowls of the air and the birds of the field and let me tell you what from every animal that creeps he is an amazing God that takes care of it all and let me tell you what that same God brought you to this meeting for a purpose and on purpose. Let me say that again. Listen to me. The great universe that it didn't crash. Gravity is an amazing thing. But as, as the entire universe revolves around itself and as gravity is set up in the sun and the moon and the stars and galaxy, that amazing task. God, uh, I, listen, computer programmers impress me. Firemen impress me. Police officers impress me. There are people out there being the president of the United States, no matter how you feel about it, that's an amazing job to have. Let me tell you what. God's task doesn't, listen to me. It doesn't even come close to what's going on in the universe. And God just takes care of it all. And that same God, on that sixth day when he created man, he looked down and said, that's very good. That's very good. And listen to me. He was talking about you. And he was talking about all of mankind. And I want you to know, you, you are not a number to God. You are an individual. And he loves you tonight. You are, you are on the mind of God 24-7. There's no time for him. He, there, there's no 24-7 for him. He is just focused on your life. At, at every, every step that you take, God cares about it. Every heartache that you have, God cares and knows about that heartache. Every problem that you have, all the good, all the bad, all of it, God cares about it all. And he loves you. And let me tell you what, God brought you to this meeting. And I believe God wants to speak to your heart tonight. Believe that with all my heart. Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 23. It says this, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child 
They were not afraid of the king's commandment. What is that talking about? Pharaoh had, to, had, had made a decree here during Moses' time. I realize we're in Hebrews. This story unfolds back over in Exodus. But in this time, Pharaoh, who was the king of the land, the powerhouse of the absolute world during this time, Pharaoh had made a decree. And what he had said is that all the, all the male children to and under need to be tossed into the river. Let me tell you what, there was a mother, watch this, a mother who was risking her life to break that, that, that sinful commandment. She said, I will not do that. And his mother, listen to me, spared his life. That, and this was risking her own life. Teenagers, let me tell you what, you may not like hearing no. You may not like a mom and dad that says, not that music. You may not like a parent that says, you ain't hanging out with that friend. Watch this, girls. You may not like that mama and daddy say, you ain't dating that boy let me tell you what those are parents that are investing and risking their own lives just for you Listen to me, you hang out on Friday night. They don't hang out on Friday night. You do things with your friends. And I, I am for leisure. I am for hobbies. I'm for, and I believe that rest is modeled and commanded in the Bible. God showed us that. But I do want you to understand this. Those parents may get on your nerves. And as a side note, y'all get on all of our nerves. God help us. You so out of control, they had to, God had to give you two parents and just, just to control one of you. But let me tell you what. Your parents, if you have a parent, some of you teenagers, you listen to me, I gotta get to my verses tonight. Some of you parents have good, I'm sorry, some of you teenagers have parents that are good to you. Listen to me, they didn't run out on your home. They didn't choose liquor. They didn't choose alcohol. They pay for you to go to Christian school. They get you to church on midweek service. They get you to church on Sunday. And let me tell you what, those people sit on your right and left, many in this room do not have that and it gets under your skin that they have so many rules. Listen to me, they love you enough to risk everything for you. For you. Amen, aren't you so glad I flew up from North Carolina today? <laughs> Listen to me carefully. This mama was willing to risk her own life for her boy. Now here's why, watch this. Because Moses became a mighty man of God. Look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused. He had lived in the house of Pharaoh. His mama put him in that basket. As many of you know, the daughter of Pharaoh takes him and raises him. But that was after Moses' mother got, got him back and was able to nurture him until he got older. An amazing story. I'm leaving out many details. But I want you to know, when God is involved, it's always an amazing story. Amazing. And as, as Moses leaves from, from his biological mother's home and goes into Pharaoh's house and now has a new mother, he knew had the connection that he had with the Jewish people and they had become slaves. And, and he, made, he came to a day where Moses made a choice. And here's what he did in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused about 40 years old, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused it. Let me ask you something. When you're making choices of whether or not you can get closer to God or, or you're going to have a decision that could take you away from God, do you refuse that? 
When you come to crossroads in your life and, and man, you, you look and you say, now I know if I hang out with this crowd, it's not going to be good. If I date this girl, if I date this boy, if I, if I listen to this music, if I follow that on social media, that decision has potential to pull you away from God. When you come to that crossroad, do you refuse? Or are you just pulled into that temptation like it's nothing? This was no small decision. We're talking about potential to be the leader of the greatest nation. Powerful, gold, riches, women, anything at his fingertips. Everything. And he chose God over that. He refused. Look at this, verse 23. Not only did he refuse, look at that next word at the beginning of verse 25. Choosing. Choosing. Serving and walking with God is always a choice. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He left, what does that verse mean? He was in the king's house. He was in Pharaoh's house, raised by Pharaoh's daughter in his later teen years and up until he was an adult. He, he chose to walk away from that, to go into bondage with his people. This was no small choice. And he chose God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for season. Verse 24 and verse 20, uh, I'm sorry, 26 and 27. Esteeming, meaning putting up the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of his, of the reward. Look at verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt. He walked away, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured, watch this, as seeing him who is invisible. Can I just interpret that last part and then I'm gonna pray. Listen to me very carefully. When it says as seeing him who is invisible, he walked by faith choosing an invisible God. And let me tell you what, you are going to have to choose the invisible in your own life. Like this, God, I'm putting my faith in you and I believe this, that it is better for me to choose you. You'll provide the job. You'll provide the college and career uh, location you want me to go. You'll provide me the spouse. You'll provide me all, everything, God. You will give that to me. God will lead your decision-making process. Teenagers, you listen to me. I'm not talking about a God that doesn't care. I'm talking about a God that cares. And let me tell you how Moses did it. You ready? By faith. By faith. Your action is shown by, I'm sorry, your faith is shown by your action. When, watch this, he chose God. When you choose to read your Bible, when you choose to do right, when you choose to develop a prayer life, listen to me, you don't have to be considered a prayer warrior. You don't have to be amazing at prayer. Prayer can be a very hard struggle between you and your flesh. Here's what I say, just talk to God. Talk to God. But he chose. Let's pray. Lord, I do love you. God, help me to help these young people. God, I know every single one of them. God, their exposure to Egypt, the world, God. Lord, I know that this world is, is just cramming their doctrine down their throat. And Lord, I just pray that, God, you'd help me, God, just to encourage them, God, and just, Lord, I pray that you'd speak through me. I need you, Lord. God, I do want you to bless us. But, Lord, I pray very specifically that, Lord, you would use me tonight. And I love you and I praise you. And thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Does it ever make you consider, young person, that as you look at, at Moses and all that he had at his fingertips,
why he chose to walk away from the heart and the rule and reign of Egypt. Like he saw it all. He, he had it all and he decided to walk away. Well, listen to me. There are a lot of your youth workers, a lot of your pastors, they've also been to Egypt. Now, let me get you to understand that. Egypt in the Bible is always a type of, any of you Christian school nerds, can you tell me what Egypt is a type of what? The world, very good. Well, three of you teachers are doing your job because three teenagers know that in the Bible, watch this, Egypt is a picture of the world. Okay, Egypt is a picture of the world. So tonight as I preach the message of eyeing Egypt, I'm talking about you in your own life, eyeing what the world has to offer you. Moses had seen all this. Moses grew up around all of this. Moses had been exposed to all of this. But let me tell you what, Moses, after seeing it all, doing it all, being around it all, he chose God. Let me tell you what, he lived in the blessings of that decision. Young person, let me tell you what, you are going to have to live every day. The day and age that you grow up in is not the day and age that I grew up in. The temptation, watch this, the temptation that you are facing every day from the world is much different than the temptation I grew up around. You got it all around you all the time. You are going to have to watch. Don't you feel bad for yourself? Watch. Do not think, why did God drop me here? How about you do this? God, why did you choose to drop me here and give me such a great task? Lord, what an opportunity that I have. Or you can sit around and you can say, God, it's so hard. Watch this. As far as I know, is that King James Bible says we can do all things through Christ. Am I right? Listen to me, that's not just a verse for your pastor. Teenagers, watch. You can live for God. Every single one of you in this room, listen to me, no one. Well, teenagers by about 70%, when they become young adults, they leave the church. They made that choice. You don't have to. They made that choice to leave. You don't have to be the next. If 70% walks out, you be part of the 30 that says this. It's a better choice than what's out there. This is better than what's out there. I'll take a wife from this crowd. If I've got to wait until I'm 27, 28 years old, I'll do that. Because watch this. Not because we are better than what's out there. God help us. I live with myself. I'm not better than that crowd. But I do want you to know this. The fact that now I have, yes, a lot of you gasp. I have eight children, okay? I'm so sorry. I agree, I don't think I should be raising them either, okay? So we're on the same page here. But the fact that now, watch, the fact that God, you listen to my wording very carefully, the fact that God has allowed my oldest son to graduate from Bible college, the fact that my next son, he's 22, my oldest, my 21-year-old son, watching him teach teen Sunday school this past, just this past Sunday, my 19-year-old son, God's called him to preach. He's literally filling out applications this week to go to Bible college in a couple of weeks. I've got a 15-year-old son. I've got a 12-year-old daughter, another 12-year-old daughter, an 8 year old daughter and a four year old daughter listen to me the fact that now I have a wife listen to me fellas the fact that now I have a wife that is raising them for God has them in church wants them around the things of God tonight my kids are not at the movie theater tonight my kids are not at some party my kids ain't a pool party tonight and they could have been I wouldn't have been mad about it but they are at vacation Bible school tonight I love the church I think I'll just stay right here. 
Brother Kurt, I just think I'll stay right here. It's working. And now I know I'm down the road a little bit, but I do want you to understand that I have, and you're just going to have to take my word tonight, but I do want you to know that the situation I, I grew up in was in Egypt. And as I became a young adult, I spent time in Egypt. And I want you to understand, it's not worth it. Listen to me very carefully. Don't look at some of our lives. Some of us, some of us have already been to Egypt. And I want you to know, by God's grace, we got out of that place. Well, God, God, by his hand, pulled us out of that place. And I want you to know, you, so many of you in this room, you've never laid eyes on Egypt. You're seeing what they're putting out. You're eyeing it a bit, but you haven't been to it yet. Well, take it from someone like Moses. He's been there, and here's what he said. I chose God, and it was the best choice. And I do want you to understand, I've seen the heart of Egypt, and it is not a good place. It is not a good place. So tonight I want to tell you three things about my time in Egypt. First thing I want you to understand about Egypt is this. Egypt is a place of confusion. Here we go. Can I step into the deep end for just a moment without hurting anybody? You ready for this? Listen to me. There's only two genders. I, I thought I would get a little bit more than that. Hold on. I th there God created us man and woman. Does everybody understand? There are two genders. Well, I'm sorry, two genders, okay? All right, there's only two genders. Egypt is a place of confusion. Today alone, I just read an article while on the plane and it talked about the LGBTQ+. They're now in a battle. They want to drop T and Q and plus because they, they, they say, no, no, we don't qualify as that. That doesn't count for us. Listen to me. It's just pure confusion out there. It's unbelievable. They can't even get it straight. Listen to me. Guys go in one bathroom, girls go in another. And here's what I have to tell you. It is real. It is very real. Some of you in here, I believe it with all of my heart. I am watching teenagers in good churches and they are coming out as uh, living, living in a homosexual lifestyle. Listen to me. It's happening in our youth groups. I don't hate you. I don't look down on you. Listen to me very carefully. That is a sin. Just like other things. Many other things are a sin. And I want you to know that when you come here, what we'll tell you, Pastor, you can stand up and throw your glasses at me if you don't want to. You are welcome here. We are going to preach the truth to you and tell you how it is. Based on the word of God. I won't get up here and name call. I don't want to make any pastors in here nervous. I'm not going to stand up here and name call. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Teenagers, you will find something. If you live in that kind of lifestyle, there's confusion. Absolute confusion. The world, the world is living in such confusion out there. And here's the greatest level of confusion. The devil wants to make them think. Watch. Here's the confusion. The devil wants to make them think that, that living that way is going to make them happy. So once a young lady steps out from her Christian home and says, I'm going to choose my own lifestyle and I'm going to do this. And I'm, whether that's homosexual or whether that's other some type of li uh, sinful lifestyle, they say, I'm leaving. I'm going to go make myself happy the bible itself says there's pleasure in sin for a season but seasons come and seasons go now let me tell you where the world's confusion comes in 
Well, I thought if I did this, I'd be happy. I thought that this was going to be the answer. Finally, I came out as a furry and I get to go in the public school bathroom and go potty in a, in a kitty litter box. Can I, can I tell you, I don't know if I've said this here before, but can I repeat something I say all the time? Kurt, why don't they ever, ever come out instead of being a kitty cat? Why don't they ever come out as a fish? Some of you are getting that while I'm, while I'm saying it. Why don't they ever come out as a fish? I mean, they're only going to live five minutes in their fish bowl. Right, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't they ever come out as a bird? Get up on top of the house and say, I'm a bird, nobody can tell me no, and jump off the house. I'd love to watch that. <laughs> Fly away, Jimmy. No, it's a kitty cat. Can I tell you why it's a kitty cat? Y'all don't have to believe me and you can get on the bus tonight and go back to your hotel or back to your church and here's what you can say. You can say this. You can say, that was the dumbest thing. No, I believe the reason why they're kitty cats is because kitty cats are a household pet that is loved and gets attention. That's why I believe it's a cat. And there's many other things that I know that they're coming out with, but where in the world is it gonna stop? There is so much confusion Listen to what the world says. The world says it's not porn, it's adult entertainment. The world says it's not adultery, it's an affair. Like an affair is some kind of event. Oh, it's no big deal. It's, I had an affair, I moved along from my marriage. It's not a pedophile, it's a minor attracted person. Doesn't that sound so much nicer, Pastor, than a pedophile? They now call them from minor attracted person to watch. Now they're calling them MAPS, M-A-P-S minor attracted person. They now have an acronym. Can I tell you why? They're trying to put a, watch, you talk about, watch, if you don't believe in, in the devil and in heaven and hell and all of that, can you not see the spiritual attack? It's not a pedophile anymore. We're gonna call them minor attracted person. God help us. Some of you teenagers in here have been hurt by people like that. You wouldn't want anybody to call them a minor attracted person. Listen to me, it's not crack, it's not meth, it's not weed, it's recreational drugs. This morning I was sitting in the ER at 4 a.m. about to get two shots in my arm. I have, a, I have a back surgery coming up, I knew I had to travel today, had a really bad night, I couldn't sleep, so what do you do when you can't sleep? You drive yourself to the ER, that's just what you do, right? Is that what you guys do? So I'm uncomfortable on the back issue. I'm gonna have surgery in four weeks. I'll be much better. 4 a.m. this morning, I drive to the ER. I sit down on the, on the table and the lady comes in and, and, and she just, it hit me as I was thinking about this message. She comes in, she's asking me a series of questions and she looks at me, the nurse says, do you use recreational drugs? I'm like, that sounds like such a good way of saying, do you smoke crack? But the world wants to put a good spin on all of that. Recreational drugs. It's not lust. The world would call it love. Listen to me, it's not selfish. It's just watch. Moms and dads walking out on their, on their children. Moms and dads walking out on their spouses. Moms and dads leaving their homes, creating all kinds of problems. Adults, time out for a second. If you have gone through a divorce and maybe you were even the one that caused the divorce, you walked out on your family. I got good news. You're in a body of a bunch of sinners that are under the grace of God. And I want you to understand, when he shed his blood, he did not at all 
all say, not that sin, not that sin. No, he covers all sin. That's the God that we have. I ain't here to beat you down. I'm just trying to get you to look up. Listen to me. It is not. The world would say that's not selfish. That's just taking care of yourself. Self-care, self-love, doing all those things. Listen to me. That is nothing but watch this. No, it's sin is what it is. Let me explain to you what all of that is. It's three nails, it is four pieces of wood, and it is the sinless son of God dying for our sins. That's what all of those things are. That is what they are. And I want you to understand something as you listen to me very carefully is that God cares about sin and he cares about sinners and God will forgive. I believe that with all of my heart and you need to understand that. For you note takers, very quickly, I want you to write this down. I hit on porn. If you need biblical help with porn, write this down. Proverbs 6, 25 through 29. Some of you youth workers may want to grab a pen and write some of these verses down. I don't have time tonight to go through them all. Adultery, Proverbs 7, 22 through 27. Pedophilia, 20, Luke 17, 1 through 2. Drugs, Proverbs 23, 29 through 35. Lust, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Selfishness, which is pride. Proverbs 29, 23. I want, you to God, I want you to understand, God has answers for all of those. Can I tell you what the world is? It's a place of confusion. Egypt is a place of confusion. Can I tell you what else Egypt is? Number two, and I only got three. It's 821, I'll be done in about 10 minutes. I said the word about before I said 10 minutes. It'll be in that ballpark. It's not just a place of confusion. I want you to understand this. Egypt is a place of compromise. Egypt is a place of compromise. Teenagers, you listen to me very carefully. There is a path that I've noticed, Kurt, that, that, that teenagers, and really it's not so much when they're teenagers and they're under the umbrella of their parents, but here's what I've seen about these. There's a common path that they have to follow in order to step away. And here's what I'm talking about. Those of you that were raised, you were raised by good Christian parents. You were around a pastor. Maybe you weren't even raised by good Christian parents. Maybe grandma took you in because she loved you. She made sure you went to church. Maybe you were adopted. Five of my eight children, we adopted them. We brought them into our home. Now we're raising them for God. I have no idea what your story is, but I can tell you this much. Someone, you sit in this maroon chair in Wallingford, Connecticut. Is it Ford or Ford or Ford? Okay, very good. Walling Chevy, Connecticut, okay? And what, what I'm telling you is this. What I'm telling you is this, is that the fact that you're sitting in front of me, someone cares about you. Maybe it's a youth pastor's wife. I'm trying, I want your wheels turning for a moment to get this point about compromise. Maybe it's a youth pastor. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's a, it's a bus worker. Someone in your life cares about you. Someone in your life drug you out of, out of some other state, some other town in Connecticut. They made sure that you got here. Someone invests in you. But if you're eyeing Egypt and you want to go that direction, there's a pretty common path, and let me tell you what it is. This path of compromise, here's the way that it usually goes. That is this, that, that really, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to attack the church that you've been around for years. Well, they turned their back on me, or sister so-and-so, they, they, they hurt me, so I'm leaving church. At some point, in order for you to compromise and say, hey, I'm leaving the church, you are compromising. You are walking away from God. You will have to create a picture that that group hurts you. Yeah. 
Now, can I tell you this? I am sorry that the church is built by God. But can I tell you what? What a privilege that he uses sinners to do it. This man that stands before you over 19 years of being youth pastor, I've heard a lot of people. Just last Wednesday night, we were done recording a CD. Not no idea for the next three hours. The, 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 the situation that was about to unfold. People yelling at me, crying, me apologizing for things. Uh, it was not heated. I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. I had hurt an 18-year-old young lady, and that did not make that 18-year-old young lady's mama very happy. I am so sorry I hurt them. And I want you to understand, I'm not acting like this is a place of perfection. We, I love this pastor. I believe you need to look at your pastor as a God-given gift that God has given you to help mold you, to help help you, to guide you. But he is not perfect. And I don't say that lightly, but what I am saying is this, is I understand that God uses us. And I understand you have things that you can point at and you can say, they did that wrong. They did that wrong. But I do want you to understand, this is God's house. God's never done you wrong. God's word has never done you wrong. And in order for you to compromise, guess what you're going to have to start doing? You're going to have to start attacking God's house. You are going to have to paint a picture. You want to compromise and step away from the church. Why? Because you're headed out the door to the world. You're, you've been eyeing Egypt. And what I'm telling you is this. When you begin to compromise on those things, you will have to start attacking the church. There's no other way you can do it. You have to give a reason why you're walking away and your mind will be in such a situation that you will be so blinded to the fact that you're just walking away because you want to do your thing. So guess what you got to do? You got to blame somebody or someplace. And when you walk away from that church, you'll start saying, oh my goodness, that place didn't take care of my family and that place didn't do this. And I want you to know, if that place is not taking care of your family, the first person you go to is your pastor and say, we need help. And I, and I know I can at least speak to this. This pastor here, he would want to make that right. Those of us in ministry, let me tell you what, this is not just a cool job that we get to be youth workers. Listen to me very carefully. This is not just a, well, I get to hang out with young people. I get to pastor a church. I get to do that. This is a great God-given responsibility. May we wake up every day and ask this, why me, God? Lord, help me not to mess this up. Help my opinion not to count. Help it to be Bible-based. Lord, when I feel backed into a corner, I'm talking to the youth workers. You teenagers can check Facebook for just a moment. Youth workers, watch me. Here's what I'm, I'm just kidding. Don't touch your phones, you idiots. I didn't mean that. First time someone steps in your office, how do you handle it? First time someone calls your phone, when they send that hate, hateful text message, how do you take it? May we as youth workers and as pastors, may we never give them grounds to look back unless the grounds they have is when we took stands on the word of God. Teenagers, back to you. If you compromise, number one thing you got to do, you got to blame the church. Number two, you got to do is you've got to blame the people that have spiritually fed you for years. You got to blame God's house. I'm leaving because, because that place did me wrong. But then you know what you got to do? You got to start that name calling. Mm. 
It's uncomfortable, but you want to go to Egypt. If you want to compromise, you want to go to the world. Y'all thought you were coming in and we were going to preach some message. Listen to me. I'm trying to help you tonight. But you know what you got to do? Watch this. Not only do you got to blame God's house when you want to compromise, you have got to start blaming God's people. And you have got to start saying, well, my dad and my mom and my youth pastor and my pastor, you got to start. I mean, you got to drop those names. Why? Because you got to paint a picture of why you're going to Egypt. I know y'all don't live in the Bible Belt, but let me tell you what. When we go on Teen Soul Win and every Wednesday at 3.30 and we're knocking them doors, guess what? I hear over and over and over again. I used to go to church. I don't go to that place no more. I don't do that. And guess what they start doing? They're either blaming the place for their compromise or they're blaming somebody in that place for their compromise. Can I tell you what? They just wanted to get out. That's it. They just wanted to go to Egypt. Well, guess what? It's a place of confusion. It's a place of, of compromise. And I want you to understand, don't. I am sorry that, that we are not perfect. I wish we did a better job. But I do want you to understand, in our imperfections, we do love you. And we're trying to do the best for you. We want to see you live for God. Why? We have, many of us have been to Egypt and we say, don't go. Well, is there really anything wrong with that country music? Is there really anything wrong? I tell you what, my wife loves Celine Dion. Just kidding, that's a joke. Nobody loves Celine Dion. <laughs> She's more of an Eminem listener. You know what I'm talking about? That's a joke too, okay, I'm kidding. She's a Garth Brooks listener. No, that's a joke too, okay? But let me tell you what you're going to have to do. If you are going to go to Egypt, what you're going to have to do is you are going to have to compromise. And you have to blame the house of God and the people of God. Heartbreaker. You'll just have to break mom and dad's heart. It's all right. Why? Because the world has so much to offer. Man, my pastor says shorts need to go to the knees. The world is out there. Man, it looks so good with them, them shorter shorts. I love their music. Uh, they always are preaching against music. Why? Because your mind, do you not get it that the word of God goes in your eyeballs and it affects your thinking and, and cultivates you a relationship towards God? But, but the same message that the world is preaching through their music is going in your ears and affecting the way that you think and you operate and suddenly making out in the back of the Walmart parking lot and you lost something you could never get back. Why? Because that's what the world has been preaching to you. Somewhere down the line, you know what you did? You compromised. You want to go to Egypt? You'll find confusion. You want to go to Egypt? You have to compromise. Let me tell you the last thing. Piano player, if you'll come. Last thing I want you to get is this. I'm just about done. You stay with me. Egypt is a place of great casualty. Egypt is a place of great casualty. Go ahead, brother. 